Hi, welcome back. You are now listening to my podcast, Broken, Strength Under Your Strength Under Control. I'm your host, Robin. Thank you for tuning in today. It's, you know, such a great day here in Charlotte. We've been getting some rain, but the weather has been really pretty. It's hot. Oh, did I mention it's hot? Oh, yeah. By the way, it's hot here in Charlotte. But I just want to welcome you today. Um, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Um, still celebrating Women's History Month. And truthfully speaking, like for real, y'all, this has been a phenomenal month. Just all together, women are just doing big things, making moves, boss moves, just all kind of things. And so this month, I just really wanted to showcase women who I felt like were making moves, making history, not the history that's being taught about in the books at schools, but in God's book, the Bible, the most important history book of them all. And so, you know, today is not going to be like any other. Um, We're winding up this month. And to be truthful with y'all, it's been a really good month. I mean, I've survived my first week in my own place, pretty much unpacked, Um, still got some work to do, still need more storage space because as I unpacked things, it was like, man, I got a lot of stuff. Ain't that just like our lives, though? You just unpack stuff. You just because you got so much going on, you have to just unpack some things. And so, you know, today is an awesome day. It's early. Um. I got a guest with me today and to be truthful, she's been on the show before and I'm just so excited about, you know, bringing her on. Um, We are really going to tackle some things today. And today I decided that I wanted to showcase and spotlight some women from the word. And We're going to talk about the book of Ruth today. So we're going to be talking about Ruth and Ruth in itself. It's a very short book, four chapters. And to be truthful with y'all, yeah, it's so much in them four chapters that honestly, we may not get through all of it, but we're going to give y'all the gist of it. So you know exactly where we coming from. And Truthfully speaking, this is like when I tell you that my eyes were open to so many different things after just looking, re-looking back at this and then thinking about the story and how things came to be. So we're going to hit it. Soon as my guests call in, we're going to hit it. Um, And it's just so crazy because she been she been nervous. But we got a good show prepared for you all today. And I just, you know, I'm so grateful and so thankful. You know, you have to hit the little. Okay, there she go. Hold, please. Okay, y'all, this is my guest, Alvita. <laughs> She's a little special, y'all. Um, don't mind her, though, but she, she loves the Lord. And amen to that. Amen. Alvita, go ahead on and introduce yourself. 
<laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, as she said, my name is Alvita, and I am always grateful for an opportunity to uh, speak God's truth and just allow his word to come through us as vessels. Um, and yes, I had a whole moment. I'm just sitting here like, how does this work again? So anyway, I'm <laughs> grateful to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, you know, I told everyone that we're going to be talking about the book of Ruth mm -hmm. and this is crazy because I had a guest speaker on last week, my friend Alan, who brought a word for the women um, and he talked about the book of Ruth. And so it just made it got me to thinking that would be a good topic to just, you know, to talk about. So let's just jump right on in here. Um, of course, you know, I'm the Google queen. I had to Google some stuff. <laughs> And, you know, get some things, you know, to get this going. Um, so one of the things I did was I looked up what their names meant. So there's several key players in this book, but we're going to talk about Ruth. And her name means companion, friend, vision of beauty. Naomi, her mother-in-law, her name means beautiful, pleasantness, and then her sister-in-law, Orpah, her name meant neck or fawn. Um, and the reason why Orpah got her name was she rejected her chance. Mm. And her name was said to mean double-minded which described her dilemma when crisis demanded a decision. I'm going to just let y'all sit on that one right there. And we're going to come back to that because think about where you've heard the, the two words double-minded at in the book of James, where God speaks about a man who is double-minded is unstable in all their ways. And so, yeah, I'm not playing today. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to just really give you a background of what their names meant and the main message of this book is about loyalty and integrity and that is the two things that Ruth operated out of which takes you back to the Proverbs 31 woman and mm -hmm. keep in mind she was from a foreign land she met Naomi because she married one of her sons that's how their paths connected. And interestingly enough, God used that connection for Ruth to get the true value, the true meaning of who God is and was because they were worshiping other gods from their native land. So now just think about that in itself. What do you want to say about Naomi and Ruth and Orpah? You asking me that? I'm asking you that. Um, for me, I definitely agree with you as far as Orpah. Uh, the opportunity to make a change um, and to move forward. I feel like that would have been a blessing. But she wanted to, the way the Lord gave it to me, it was familiarity. It was comfort. You have to remember, they left from their land, 
because they felt like God had, you know, they were in a famine. Mm -hmm. So Oprah and Ruth, that was their home. And so for them to leave what they had known all their lives, that could have been scary. And so um, where she had the opportunity to embrace change, she chose to stay with familiarity. Whereas Ruth, all I got and received from that was the Lord was saying faithful. Like you're willing to remain faithful. I can't assume that Naomi, her husband and her sons came there and changed their way of life or what the Lord was speaking to them. So they continued to stay in faith and they continued to pray and they adapted and adopted that mentality of who Christ was. I want to believe in my heart. That's what I received from reading this. And I assume that Orpah did the same as well, but it still was the scarcity of something new. Whereas Ruth was like, no, you I've taken this on. I've adopted this way of life. I have had this radical encounter with God and who he is. I don't want to lose that. And Naomi, at all costs, was just saying, I got to get back to what I know as well. I got to get back to my roots. And so for you know, Ruth to journey in that with the uncertainty of not knowing what that would be because it was a foreign land to both of the young ladies to go. But it just seemed that Ruth was like, regardless of whether I know this is a right decision or a wrong decision, I'm willing to move forward. And that's, and that's what I love about it. That's interesting because one of the things that I thought about was well, one of the things I wrote down actually was, and it said, don't let the past hold you back. Mm -hmm. She came from a country that was an enemy of the Israelites. So, right. and she moved forward in confidence. Right. So the Israelites was at odds with the Moabites. Mm -hmm. And it really was not customary for the Israelites to marry a Moabite, right? And mm -hmm. so their sons married two women who worship other gods, even though that's not who they worshiped. Right. And so, but Naomi, and I thought that this was so interesting because Naomi could have been like a terrible mother-in-law. She could have been like, my sons married these two women. You know, my sons married these women from this this country that we don't even fool with and none of other. And that could have been an issue in itself in the household. Right. But it wasn't. It was just like she had them. And I believe that she was able to share who God was to them both. Amen. Now. Yeah what they each took from it. Now that's a whole nother story right there. Right. <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole, 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 whole. Exactly. Story right, right there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in this also, um, it talked about being full of faith and you mentioned that Ruth showed mm -hmm. faith. There was still a purpose for her ahead. She believed right. God was who he said he was and had enough right. faith to believe God would provide for her and Naomi. So when 
Naomi decided after her husband's died, after her son's died, that she was going to return home. Could you just like imagine like she already probably felt some kind of way leaving home, but she wanted to do the right thing according to God's word by following her husband, believing that he was making the right decision for the household. Well, you know, it was a famine going on. And so there were so many different things that was actually going on during this time frame as to why they went there anyway. Right. And so right. now could you just imagine what it would have been like for her to return home and having people that looked at her in one way before she left and then saw her come back and seeing her be another way. Right. So right. now think about that. Cause you know, God has a funny way of making you go back to a place <laughs> to pick up some things or to learn some things that you pretty much left and you left it unfinished. So sometimes mm -hmm. God will allow you to go back to take care of that unfinished business that you had in the previous place. And so she returned but she returned somebody totally different. She returned not the same confident woman because she felt like God had just did her bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. That he just I mean, didn't show no that. Exactly. Yeah. She it's, says it, that. She said, I left full. I returned empty. But that, but how many times have we done that? Right. How many times have things didn't go right in our lives? And we leave God and start blaming him for those things. Mm, man. We leave him, start blaming him for it. But was it, it, it really wasn't his fault that we made the decisions that we made. It wasn't God's fault that she made the decision to follow her husband to a place that she wasn't called to, but there was a purpose. Right. Because there was a woman that would have to connect with her that would ultimately be in the lineage of who Jesus in his, in his lineage. Right. So there was a purpose and a plan for her going to there. But the fact that God took what was familiar to her away from her so that she could go back to the place where there was unfinished business you know, but I could only imagine what she was thinking when people saw her and they was like, isn't that Naomi coming back here? You know, and, and she's looking like, yes, yeah, me, but whatever. Don't call me Naomi. Right. Change the whole name. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like she, like she was God. Right. <laughs> she gave herself a new name. She did. And, yeah. and so. You know, I thought it was interesting, even with that, that Ruth had enough faith to believe. But that came out of the relationship with Naomi. Amen. Because Naomi served a God that she believed in at some point in her life. Right. Until right. tragedy happened. And that's just like we are. We good until something, tra something tragic happens. Then we start blaming. We start pointing the finger. We start saying, uh, you know, God, why did you allow this to happen? 
it's your fault. And we run away from him instead of running to him. Right. So what could you say about, can you give an example of even in your own life where God might've, you might've left something, but then God took you right back because he wanted to heal you in that place or he wanted to restore you in that. How can you? (laughs) It's funny because literally I was just having this conversation with God. Like, why is it when we are experiencing things in our life that we shield ourselves from you as though we really can hide? Um, And we're supposed to be bringing it to the forefront. We're supposed to be laying it at your feet. Those are the times where you desire for us to surrender whatever we're experiencing. But instead, we feel like it's too nasty or we feel like it's just shameful. I mean, I can think of so so many different stories, but I know the one I carried me the most was having a child at a young age. And it took me a while to let go of that shame that that just became my identity and it wasn't until literally my son might have been i don't know maybe five or six that i came to a place where i was like wow you're still not healed from this it doesn't take much to break you down um or bring you back to a negative headspace in that place and it really took now me being older to really see that God had me all alone. Like we know hindsight is twenty twenty, but in the midst of it, mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why. And so now to revisit it and I don't have to stay there. Like it would be a place where I revisit it and then shame would catch me all back up again. And I would live in that place and I would allow that depression to just rest and sit on me and I would victimize myself. And I would say that it was too late for God to use me. It was too late for God to do anything because of the shame I brought upon me. Mm. And it wasn't until now being able to go back and revisit, but not rest in a place, but just to see the hand of God and the glory of God that he kept me, that it wasn't something that he didn't know. It was a shocker to me, obviously not really. I knew what I was doing, but I'm Mm -hmm. saying in the same sense that God knew. And even in that he's using it for his glory. It was nothing for me ever to sit and wallow in a place and allow that, excuse me, to allow that to become a part of who I was, but for it to be a situation to rise up from and to be able to speak on because I wasn't the first and I won't be the last. Amen. Now, you know, interestingly enough, I think the majority of women today, if they were truthfully honest with themselves and with any everyone else, We all have had a place where we've done something that was out of context for what was appropriate, you know, and our families or whatever, and have that feeling of being shamed. So could you imagine like Naomi, how she might have felt? Because I'm sure there was a few people there who she thought were in her was in her corner but they were probably talking about her (laughs) behind her back and and then she had to go back right and look those same people in the face when you know she was good when she left but then she had to go back and look them in their face right and so a lot of times that's just what it is you know some things we have to just go back and look it in his face and 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 see where it don't have us like right. we thought it did. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And so even though she was bitter about where her life was at that point, it didn't mean that God still wasn't going to use that to turn the situation around, to restore and heal her in that place where she was bitter at. Right. And so, which takes me to Orpa, right? Mm-hmm. Now, some have said that her name meant neck or stiff neck or stubborn because of her turning back from following Ruth and Naomi. The difference between Ruth and Orpah was a decision. Right. And so now, interestingly enough, was both had been taught about the true Jehovah through Naomi and her husband. Right. <laughs> right. Ruth opened her heart to the revelation of who God was. And then Orpah embraced Moloch, the heathen God of Moab, the object of her worship. Now, don't you think that that's interesting? Because truthfully speaking, anything that we put so a lot of treasure or effort or value into, it's like a God. Mm-hmm. It's like an idol. It's like we're worshiping that thing. Right. Right. And so you spoke about familiarity. She mm-hmm. she went back to what was familiar to her, even right. though she had an opportunity to experience truly who God really was. And who he would be, she had a chance to be a, a part of history. And she chose to go back, which makes me think uh, I don't even know why it is that even a part of our topic of discussion, but it makes me think about Lot's wife. When God Ooh. said, don't turn back or don't turn around and look. And she did. And she turned, she turned into a pillar of salt because she right. looked back instead of just going forward. And so she had a choice and she chose to go back to the object of her worship because it was something she was used to. It was something that she knew. And interesting that I, what I uncovered was, was that Naomi saw the difference between them and put Orpah to the test, but she failed. So Naomi actually saw the difference when they married their, her sons. She saw who Ruth was. She saw how open she was. She saw because it was easy to pour into her spirit. And Orpah got the same thing, but she failed the test. And how many times do we fail a test? And we want to go back to what's familiar because we failed that test. Now, she didn't even know she was being tested. But when it came down to making a decision, because there was a crisis. And Naomi was like, even if I got married today and gave birth to another kid, are you going to wait till they get old enough to be husbands? Right. Because, you know, back then they got married at God knows what age, but they was young. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, was you going to actually do that? And so when Naomi told him to go back to their native land, Ruth clung to her. Right. Tightly, it says. She held on to her. Yeah. Because 
she and it makes me think about just now I'm just having these moments. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Amen. Ghost. The woman at the well. When Jesus said, whoever drinks of me shall never thirst. Drinks of the water that I have shall never thirst again. She was thirsty for the God that Naomi had been teaching and talking about. Living, Amen. showing her, being an example of. She was thirsty for that. Oprah was not. And so, interestingly enough, uh, we talked about this yesterday on the phone. Uh, <laughs> about the two thieves on the cross. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One woman went out into the abundant life and the other retreated into darkness and despair. Mm. Made me think about the two thieves. The one each sitting on... Each side, each side of Jesus, of Jesus yeah. at the cross. So it really was about a decision. So how many times do you meet a fork in the road and have a decision to make and you choose what's comfortable versus mm. what's unknown because you don't know what's on the other side of the unknown. And so, you know, for me, it was just like, man, Oprah gets a bad rap. But at the same time, she had a choice, just like each one of us. We get to choose which way yeah, we, we do. Go. Yep. And so I just thought it was <laughs> I thought it was so funny because the only thing that separated them was a decision. Right. I love how you said that, too, because not too long ago, my husband and I, he just randomly plays. um well, not randomly. I, I feel like God has a play in it, but he'll just go to something on YouTube, always sermons. But this particular one was a T.D. Jake message. And he was speaking on David, but he kind of dabbled a little bit about Ruth and Orba. And he just made the statement about understanding that all that left couldn't stay and all that stayed couldn't leave. And understanding that God is going to use his purpose is guided. It's for a reason. And where even though they were both together, in the home and in the same entity of being married to those two men, his Ruth's heart was called to Naomi. So mm -hmm. the, the clinging tight to her was a necessity for God's purpose. Whereas Orpah went back with what was familiar and she had to be in that place because that's what she'd grown up all her life. And so what needed to leave or what left couldn't stay, but what stayed could not leave. And it's just a reminder that God has people that their hearts he calls to us. Mm. And so that was just so good to me. Um, yeah. Wow. But, you know, what's so crazy is this just dropped in my spirit, like for real, for real. So, like, you are absolutely correct that, you know, she clung to her and her heart really was for Ruth. But I just thought that even with that, you know, it's so interesting how. And Pastor was talking about this today, mm -hmm. how you put the wrong value in the things that really don't matter and the thing that does matter. You don't value it. Right. And so Ruth saw what was important. And she had enough faith to believe 
which lets you know that God can take. And, you know, they both came from the same background, which lets you understand and see that you can put two people from the same environment and get two different perceptions because they're going to see it two different ways. Amen. Yeah. And she they saw it two different ways. One saw who God really was because she had an example of it. Well, they both got an opportunity to see who God was. Right. And it takes you back to the scripture. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Will it be God or will it be man? You can't yeah. serve both. You can either love one or hate the other. But God don't want you lukewarm. He won't, <laughs> You can't be hot or cold. You just, which side you going to pick? Which side you on? And so they had, they both got the same thing because they were married to their sons, to the sons of Naomi and her husband. And they were living by the example of what they believed in. So they saw the same thing. Right. It's just that they made different decisions. And that in itself right there was just like, whoa. And when I read that, you know, some felt like she was double minded. I was like, okay, James, all up here in Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) James and Ruth. Okay. And so, you know, but it takes you back to, and it just lets you see how God's word is just so captivating. It is. And will draw you in because you can tie in other scriptures or other places where in his word, He talked about something specific. And James talks about being double minded and unstable in all your ways. So she wasn't stable. She had the information. She had what she needed. But she still chose what was familiar because she didn't know what was in the unknown. Right. Ruth didn't know what was in the unknown either. Right. That's what I was going to say. I think another good point, too, to to piggyback off you is remembering that they all lost something. I know mm-hmm. the reflective part of this conversation is typically on Naomi, but and it, it's on Ruth as well. But everyone lost something. Mm-hmm. And then still in losing something, we have to remember that she still was seeking after Christ. So that was still a she desire. Was, exactly. And. I believe that at some point it was Ruth's faith that changed the heart of Naomi. Exactly. And sent her back to the Lord. That connection. Because here was a young woman who lost her husband. And. She went to a country that did not like her. Right. So she's sitting amongst people who did not like her. And the town was talking. (laughs) Naomi done brought Ruth back, done brought that woman back here. Her son's wife. You know, done brought her back here. They know we ain't, we don't fool with them like that. Why'd she do that? So they was already talking. The walls was talking. Okay. And so in that, she just, 
And that fueled Naomi, if you really think about it. Right. Because she was already bitter. She was mad and upset with the Lord. So she really didn't care about what anybody was saying. Because that validated her bitterness. Right. <laughs> How many times have we had conversation and you was just like, yeah, I could have called so-and-so and she would have validated yep. my issue where I was wrong at. And I know I'm wrong. But then I'm thankful for those folks that don't validate that wrong. That they exactly. just tell me exactly how it is. So now she had some that probably validated her bitterness, but then she had some who really and truly was genuinely concerned about her well-being. Right. And we see that, yeah, that. at the yep. end, basically. And so it brings me to this point. Value of great character. Character is who you are when nobody is watching. So Ruth went above and beyond showing respect to Naomi, who was bitter. So could you imagine the job she had in itself trying to keep her encouraged, built up and everything else? Um, she worked hard to provide food for them. She was a woman of integrity, that Proverbs 31 woman. God honored her. Man, did he? In such a way, because, you know, you remember a while back when I talked about the Proverbs 31 woman, I talked about how she didn't come into that that chapter being that woman. Right. She evolved into that woman. So now here it is. You have a woman who didn't believe in God. Right. And married into a Christian family. Basically, and the word talks about how can two walk together unless they agree. You are not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So they didn't believe in the true and living God. They believed in Moloch. Right. The heathen God that they worshipped. So now you take a woman who was believing in a false God. Who couldn't give her nothing but it was familiar. You take a woman that decided that she no longer wanted that because she believed that there was something better and greater ahead for her. If she stayed with Naomi, that's a win-win situation. And can I speak to this real quick? Cause Go ahead. I don't want to pass this moment by. I really want for everyone and us as well to really like catch on to this part. Like you just said, she stepped into a family not having any information or any knowledge on who God was. Mm. And I just believe it in my heart, even though they had moved to a foreign country, they kept their knowledge of who God was alive and active and faithful within their home. Um, obviously it's apparent because of Ruth. Right. So in understanding that where all the odds felt against everyone, they, like I said, everyone lost something here and when Naomi began to only speak or move on what she could see in the natural and where she had allowed her faith to be tainted in a way, everything that she had poured and taught and put into her daughter-in-law now was able to rise up to the occasion to put her back where she needed to be. Girl, 
Now, isn't that just like how you could be down? You could have tragedy. You could have people come along and say, girl, he wasn't even worth it. So why are you crying about him? Mm-hmm. Well, why are you worried about that? That was a blessing in disguise because they ain't walking in it. Right. But right. she literally walked with her mother-in-law who was so angry and so upset with the Lord because she didn't have a husband. She lost her sons and she probably was thinking like, we're going to live a long life. I'm going to have some grandbabies and all this other good stuff. And, you know, we're going to be living our best lives here. Right. That didn't happen that way. And God used her to, I really believe wholeheartedly to help Naomi remember who he was. Yes. And who mm-hmm. he had always been to her. Right. And that in itself should have been catching. Because Ruth was open, her heart was open. So it's a prime place. Think about someone who just gets saved. Amen. And how they on fire for the Lord. Yeah. Their spirit is ripe. They want more of what God's word is, who he is. They, 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 they searching, they, they chasing after him. Right. Right. And Ruth wanted more of who God was because Naomi, she saw something in that household that shifted her thought process. And then she was open enough to follow the instructions of her mother-in-law. Oh man, come on. (laughs) She was open enough to just, Naomi told her exactly what to do. She said, where you go, I'm going to go. Your God going to be my God. Wherever you die, I'm going to die too. Yep. And whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And she instructed her. Now, don't you think that just just like God, like, okay, so Mm -hmm. he had a plan when Adam sinned and fell, right? When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, he had a plan. He knew that he was going to become flesh for us and come into the world by woman so that we would have living proof. That he existed, that he was who he said he was, right? Right. So now, isn't it just like him to put her in a field of their kinsman redeemer? Come on. Who is God, our redeemer? And when Naomi found out where she had been at, What did she tell her? She told her, you stay right there and do everything he tells you to do. Right. Follow my instructions. And she was open. And everything that Boaz told her to do, she did just that. And I thought that this was very interesting because it's never talked about. So, right. We hear about Boaz taking her as a wife that day when Every debt and everything else that was owed to Naomi was redeemed. Right. Right. 
Nobody ever talks about what happened to Boaz, right? Because Ruth in chapter four, after chapter four is done, you, you hear about them marrying. She gives birth to a son. They name him Obed. Obed, who becomes the father of Jesse. Jesse is the father of David. Lineage of who Christ comes through, right? Right. But I read this. Boaz actually passed away after they got married. That blew my mind back. Man. If I remember correctly of what I read, and I don't know how much truth in it, so don't quote me on it, but I read it because, you know, I Google stuff. But it said that he died the day after they were married. Now, Boaz was way older than Ruth. Yeah. They were saying something along the lines of like he was 60. 60, 80, somewhere in that age range. And she was only like 30 or 40, maybe. So he was that much more older than her. And she found so much favor in his eyesight. That's the favor of the Lord. Oh, yeah, man. That he put her in the right place at the right time. So that he could redeem and restore that household. And then history. Not only is she a part of history, but she's also a part of Jesus's lineage. Right. You, it don't get any more better than that. <laughs> That's gooder and gooder. It gets right. gooder and gooder. Right. Right. And so Ruth believed that redemption was possible. She had no reason to believe she earned anything, but believe God was everything she needed. Amen. That blew my mind back. And I would just let it sit right there. I don't know if you got anything for that, but that's just who God is. Yeah, and he no. wants us to be at a place where no matter what we have going on, we have him and that's everything that we need. He is enough. But you, again, we get caught up in things that we see. And it was a good thing that Ruth kept her eye on what she learned about God through Naomi and her husband. Right. Because had she not kept her eye on that, then history might be a little bit different. So not only that, you leave a legacy. God brought her and Boaz together. And that lineage is the one that Jesus came out of. Keep in mind, when you really think about it, you think about her and Boaz getting married. She conceived a child, gave birth to that child. You don't even hear about Boaz being a part of the birth and nothing else. If you think about it. Right. Naomi was restored. Right. Her family was redeemed. And she was healed in that place where she left. 
It don't get no better than that. Not at all. In the least bit. So I have to just honestly, like, really just say to you, I don't know what else that you got, but I knew you would bring the other side of it that would cause this to just come together. <laughs> because in actuality, if you really think about it, some of the points that we made today, Pastor talked about in his message today. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> we we was he was all in the business. <laughs> and didn't even know he was in the business. Listen, the Holy Spirit be moving. Exactly. And so, you know, what would be something that you can take away from this? And then what you would want someone else to take away from this? Um, for me, honestly, is just to remain faithful. We are going to have so many uncertainties in our lives that we're faced and challenged with. And just staying faithful in it, like keeping your eyes on God, even though you can look at something in the natural mm -hmm. and it looks like all odds are against you and everything is just falling apart and you can't seem to figure out the why behind a, a circumstance or a situation. Remaining faithful, even if it's you taking a glimpse back to when God restored you from shame or to when God brought a, a full circle moment for you and allowing that to be borrowed confidence, something that you can lean on and say, you know what? <laughs> this is just what God is. This is what God does. So I don't have to fret. I don't have to be worried. I don't have to cast anything onto myself when God has called me to cast it onto him. And I can truly walk in surrender and land it at Jesus feet. And this isn't just a one-time surrenderance. If it's every day you wake up and saying, Jesus, here it is again today. I'm laying it down at your feet. Oh, it's another challenge. Here it is today. I'm giving it to you. And stop allowing for our minds to tell us, based on what the world says, that it has to be done in this strategic type of way. Right. Naomi never could have imagined that she would have lost her, her husband that, that soon. And then 10 years later, her son's. Nor could Ruth have ever imagined that when she chose to stay with Naomi, that God was going to bless her with that much favor over her life and allow her to have Jesus within her lineage. So it's the it's in the not knowing, but us trusting the who behind what we're experiencing in life that we can move forward on and not hold ourselves or hold God at a limitation and expect it to be done away. But to know that even if I've lost it, God will restore it. And he is trying to do and will do a brand new thing. And that's what I want to leave for you. Don't expect him to do it a way he's done it before. Remember, I said it's OK to go back and look at those things as glimpses of, OK, I've endured that. I've gone through that and God has brought me out. But even in what you're experiencing right now, know that God is wanting to do it in a new way. So don't hold tightly to how he's done it before. Trust in the process that he will do it again, but in a brand new way. Amen. And I have to and I'm going and I'm going to jump right on your court, your curtail, your coattail right there with that and say that no matter what crisis you might be facing and it might be a difficult decision. But choose wisely in your decision process because just because you don't know what the outcome is going to be doesn't mean 
that God has left you. Doesn't mean that God has forgotten about you. Doesn't mean that God is denying or not going to do it. It just means that we have to trust his process, mm -hmm. trust his timing, trust the fact that he is who he said he is. He created us. He knows what's best for us. And so even when it's difficult, don't let the decision be a reason why you miss your blessing, man. <laughs> don't let that difficult decision be the reason why you miss your blessing. Because at the end of the day, uh, you don't want to get to heaven. And he said, well, you know, I had all that over there for you. But because right. you didn't have enough faith to believe. You didn't trust me enough. You walked up to the door, but you wouldn't walk through the door. And so a lot of times God is not going to come the way, like you said, we expecting him to come. Nor is he going to use the people that we are expecting him to use. So you have to be open to the fact that life is going to throw some challenges at you. That's what it is. But trust and believe that the one who created all of this has you in his hands and he knows just what he's doing. And so before I go, Alvita, I want to just tell you, thank you. You know, you thank rocked you. it. I knew you was going to bring what I wasn't going to bring and it made it flow. It made it work. I appreciate you Amen. just always saying yes, always just, you know, when I ask you to be a part of this, you just, you welcome it um, and you bring it. And so I just want to tell you again, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for, you know, engaging with me in this conversation and really just dropping some nuggets because you did just that. So I pray that everyone gets an opportunity to just hear from the very beginning of how this actually came into play, how we transitioned into our conversation, because truly there's some information that is enlightening in it. Now, before I close out, I want to spotlight two nonprofit organizations that are very near and dear to me. One is Empower Him. That is my friend Linda's nonprofit organization. Um, the website is empowerhim.org, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-H-I-M dot O-R-G. The mission is Empower Him will provide entrepreneurship programs and life skill resources to rehabilitate and put men who have a criminal background on the path towards independence, success, and prosperity. Y'all, when I tell you that right there is a blessing in itself because we have so many of our men in prison and they don't have anyone to advocate for them. They are bound and tied to a number and that number generally follows them the rest of their life and they are labeled accordingly to that number. And so here's an organization that wants to help them start their own. And that is phenomenal in itself. The other one is more than my pretty um, This one is very close to me also because my sister 
is the CEO of this North, um, nonprofit. And I actually serve alongside her, um, as a part of this, um, organization and coming up here within the week, we will have a gala to introduce her nonprofit. And I'm very excited here um, for it. But the mission of this one is we exist to encourage, motivate, and inspire the next generation of young women to become confident contributors in their community and the world. So this is going to benefit young women from all different backgrounds. And the ideal is, is that not only will they, there will be an impact made in their lives, but they will turn and make an impact for someone else coming behind them. And so again, more than my pretty face, and you can go on the websites. There's an opportunity for you to donate to the cause also to volunteer if you want to be a part of um, the cause as well. Um, and trust me, y'all, these are two very powerful nonprofit organizations that are on the come up. And God is going to do some tremendous and awesome and powerful things through these two organizations. Also, if you haven't had a chance, my book is out. It's on Amazon broken to be or not to be. That is the question. Or you can just Google my name. Robin Griggs is going to come up. Um, if you haven't had a chance to purchase your copy, it is available um, hardback and Kindle. For those of you who don't like reading the books, if you're in the Charlotte area and you happen to purchase a copy of it, let me know. Reach out to me on my social media. Um, maybe we can link up. I'll autograph it and sign it for you. Um, of course, we doing that social distancing. Of course, I'm still a little spooky about that. But hey, that's just me. OK. Um, and this platform is also available on iHeartRadio. Tune in now. Um, Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker. Um, and again, Alvita, thank you for you. joining me. Um, I appreciate you all for taking the time out to listen. Um, this has truly been an awesome day. Um, I'm your host, Robin, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in. Be encouraged and know that I'm praying for you. Peace and blessings to you. Have a great rest of the day.